Hey everyone, it's uh, Walter Bound here. Let's do some analysis of this great uh, short story that James Joyce said blew his mind when he read it. Um, okay, so it's very late. So we know death is coming, right? So if a story starts late and everyone had left except an old man, he doesn't want to die, right? I just want the light. And there's no sun. There's only electric light. And that's all I need and because I don't want to die. Um, and if we see this story of the clean, well-lighted place as a metaphor for um, a heaven, but a heaven on earth, because with existentialists, um, there is no heaven, right? So Hemingway here in his patented style of uh, just very terse, simple sentences with, you know, you know, I see like what two commas in this paragraph, but the ambiance, right? Um, we have the day and the antithesis with the night. In the daytime, the street was dusty, but at night the dew settled. So it's the nighttime that's the time for people to relax, especially if you're old. And of course, nighttime, we think of death. We think of, you know, the lights out kind of thing, but you're not ready for it. And the older waiter, the older patron, the drunk, they know the difference. Um, we have two waiters. Both are the foils for each other. And the older waiter, of course, feels a kinship with the guy, the old man who's drunk. Um, and the younger waiter is impatient because he's not ready for death. He has a wife. He's full of vitality. Then, of course, a great short story is going to get to the conflict immediately. There's really no time for exposition. Um, last week, he tried to commit suicide. Why? Notice the lack of dialogue tags. He said, she said, he said, he said. Sometimes you get that, but Hemingway, he likes to drop that just for the naturalness of the conversation. Because you get it. If you, if you listen to it, you don't need the he said, she said thing. Why? Why did you do it? He was in despair. What about? nothing right this seems like a great irony right like the, why are you in despair did you lose all your money did you lose your wife you know what's going on nothing because if you believe that there is nothing after this life you know that is despair in itself and the only thing that brings you joy is going to a cafe enjoying the quiet you're not talking to anyone but you're 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 still around people right so there's this existential despair that we have one life to live and there perhaps is no meaning right it's but it's the meaning that we give it and of course we could talk about like the myth of sisyphus here and you know world war one destroying the belief in god king and country and things of that nature So we had the waiters, the banter again. You know, how do you know it was nothing? You know, and the younger person would say, he has plenty of money. Why would he want to kill himself? He has money. Now, a young person, full of life, he, he is not confronting his death yet. He's not confronting mortality. He's, he has a wife. He's young. He wants to go go to bed with his wife. And, of course... The younger, he sees this soldier, they see this soldier walking by in the street, and he's with a girl. Now, 
We can assume the girl's a prostitute. Why? It's late at night. She's not wearing a head covering. I know this says Mr. Bound. What's that about? Well, you know, she's probably a prostitute. And so the younger waiter, the younger men are full of sexual vitality and they're not they're not thinking about death. They're thinking about, you know, what I need to do, right? And they're thinking about their own carnal needs, right? Their own human sexual desires. Um, that's, that's just natural, right? So the old man is sitting in the shadow of the leaves, all right? So this idea of the shadow being in the shadow of death and the leaves and moving slightly in the wind, it's very comforting, right, to this old man who drinks... And he has this dignity, all right? For him, Ernest Hemingway, this idea of dignity was so important that one would die with dignity, one would live with dignity. Um, that was so, so important. Personal integrity it was so important to Hemingway and his characters. Um, and the guy says, well, the guard will pick him up. It doesn't matter if he gets what he's after. And we can kind of know what the soldier is after. He's after sex, right? And the, so the older man is like, like a father figure and concerned both about the younger waiter giving him a lesson and also about the younger soldier um, who might be picked up by the, uh, the military police. Of course, it's imperative for the younger waiter to be one that is waiting on the older person. Think about, you know, the impatience that young people have with older people if you are behind an older person in a supermarket and they're going very slow and you just want them to move or they're driving very slow. I know I feel that way sometimes. I'm like, come on, come on, you know, let's just move it on, Gramps, right? But we need to be able to empathize with people who they're in no rush and we're in a rush. We have tons of stuff to do. But the old man, he just wants to live and when he gets kicked out of the cafe and has to pay for his drinks in a way going home going to bed is sort of like going to your death symbolically right so if you keep the light on even if it's an electric light there is still life because the great fear of just being nothing right if you think of now, this is a very dark story, of course, written in a very dark time. Um, but think of life before you were born. Well, that's our future. You know, if we think it like as an existentialist. And I know this as a waiter. I used, I used to, you know, wait on this one guy, this guy uh, at the hotel. And he would, he would close the place. He was a camper. And I was young, 19, 20 years old. My friends were waiting for me. You know, I had stuff to do. But this guy would just sit and nurse his drink and nurse. And, you know, I was impatient, right? Um, so would I say these things too? Like, I wish you would kill yourself and all this stuff. No, no, it's just mean. But, you know, the idea that you're such a waste you should just kill yourself. And now he's deaf. He can't hear, right? Which is also symbolic of his of his breakdown, of his senses failing him. And if you can look at the banter here between the two, and sometimes it's hard to uh, 
differentiate who's who's saying what. Like, why did they cut him down? He tried to commit suicide. Well, fear for his soul that if you were a suicide, you wouldn't go to heaven, that you couldn't be buried in a Catholic graveyard, right? And then the you know, the younger waiter says, how much money does he got? No, he's got plenty. You know, says, he must be 80. Anyway, which is, I would say he's 80, all right? So this idea that, you know, the, the younger waiter still is like, well, he has money. Why does he need to kill himself? And, you know, but think about how lonely this guy is. He has no wife. He has, you know, he has nothing to do except go to a cafe um, at night in order to feel like he is still alive. And of course, he's like, I want to go home, right? It's ridiculous, three o'clock. But the older waiter says he stays up because he likes it. He's lonely. I'm not lonely. I have a wife waiting in bed for me. Again, this sexual urgency. And notice the younger guy, he says, the younger waiter says, a wife would be no good to him now. He's old. He's 80. He's not going to be having sex or whatever. So he he sees a wife as 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 like satisfying a need rather than being a companion. Well, he has a niece, and you're the one that you know, he says she cut him down, you know. And then he says, "I wouldn't want to be old. An old man is a nasty thing." Think of the Who when they say, "I hope I die before I get old." Right? Then you get old, and Pete Townsend's like, "I didn't know, you know, that was a bunch of BS," <laughs> right? But the older waiter defends him and says, no, he's clean. He drinks without spilling. Even now, look at him, right? This idea of dignity, that even though he's drunk, he has dignity. And the younger waiter was saying, he has no, he has no respect for people who must work. You know, doesn't he know? Doesn't he care about me? Well, mm, no, not really. He's like, I am, because the, the, the younger waiter is selfish. He can't empathize with the older uh, with the older man who needs this place because he does not want to die, right? He wants to be clean. He wants to be peaceful. He wants it to be the heaven that will be denied to him, not because he did anything bad, just because of the existential belief that there really is no meaning. We are just here like ants, like gophers, like grass. And then when we die, we die. And that's it, right? Um, and the older waiter can understand this because he's the one that closes down and then goes to a place that's not like the cafe. It's not, you know, the brass is not polished and it's just a late night place for a drink because he doesn't want to go to bed and he will ironically, you know, he won't go to bed until the sun rises and think of the irony of that. And of course, why do we go out to bars and restaurants when it's so much cheaper? You know, once you, you know, turn 21, you can buy a six pack for about the same price as if you can buy one drink. But we want to be out with people. We want to socialize. Even if we're not actually socializing, being outside, being with people is comforting. And it keeps us grounded in the the time uh, on earth, right? So, of course, the older waiter understands this. 
we're, he says, we're just two different types of people. I understand. I don't want to go to bed. It's like when you don't want to go to bed. Like sometimes I don't want to go to bed. I don't want the fun to be over. I don't want to say goodnight to my wife. I just want to stay up because when I go to bed and I turn off the light, one of these nights, that's going to be it, right? And that fear of, you know, it, it's just, it's, it's, we're, we're all, you know, we all owe life, we all owe life a death. The, the sake of, for being alive, we have to, we have to die. And that is dreadful, right? Do other animals even contemplate mortality knowing they're going to die now they tried to do everything they can to survive but the idea of this existential dread that one day we will cease to exist right but what do we do to to balance that out is to find our niche our place a clean well-lighted cafe for people to take care of us right like the older waiter feels like a caretaker a nurse of this older man um, who was self-medicating with drinking the brandy. Of course, this recurring, you know, metaphor of the shadows of the leaves, right? It's not, it's, it's this, this artificialness that the, the, the light is making shadows from the leaves. And, um, and of course, we think of leaves, you know, the, one of the most ancient symbols is the leaf falling from the tree. If you look at ancient literature, I mean, when a leaf falls, that's death, right? And it's, it's clinging on, clinging, clinging to the tree, but it's going to fall. And it will fall to the earth and decompose. And the atoms will turn into other atoms and just disseminate into the universe, right? And then the most famous part of the entire story is the perhaps sacrilegious, if you're religious, it's very sacrilegious, where he amuses himself with, because he smiles at the end, he smiles at the bar with this machine, right? Because it's, he's, 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 in, he's mocking religion, doing the Hail Mary full of grace, God is with you, you know, like this, you know, a religious uh, creed and, you know, Hail Mary, you know, it's like Hail God sort of thing. And, but he's, he's mocking it. Like there is no God. God is not with us. God is nothing. And he's amused by this, right? And he realizes and it comes back to this theme of dignity, right? And what did he fear, right? He says it was not a fear or a dread. He knew he, it was a nothing that he knew too well. So it's, why should I fear something that is inevitable? Um, but it was just, it was all a nothing. And a, and a man was nothing too. Now, perhaps we can debate whether he's actually... You know, he actually thinks he's nothing. In the cosmic scheme, perhaps we all are nothing. But to an existentialist, we all have our individual meaning, right? The world may be meaningless, but we need to find meaning in a meaningless universe. So whether it's taking care of old people in a cafe, whether it's finding a place that's clean, cool, under the shadow of leaves, 
uh, we need to find our own place. And, and of course, at the end, um, the, the story, uh, very perfectly framed, he's now the one who's the old man asking the barman for a drink. But unlike the old man who's sitting peacefully in a cafe, he's standing in this uh, late night bodega and with unpolished, the light is too bright, it's pleasant, but not like a clean, well-lighted place. And the barman looked at him but did not answer. It was too late for conversation, right? Um, and he says, you want another one? And then the waiter finally says, the older waiter says, no, I need to go. He disliked this. This is just, it was too bright. It's unpolished. This is not a, this is not a dignified place. Um, and he knows that his place is a place to comfort people. In a way, he's sort of an angelic figure, um, a caretaker who has a place there for those who need a place of comfort. And then he says, uh, now without f thinking further, I'm not even thinking anymore. I will go home to my room. I'm going to lie there. He would lie there in bed. And finally, with daylight, he would go to sleep. Now, what's keeping him up? This dread, this fear being old, knowing he's going to die. He's obviously lonely. He enjoys the banter with the waiter, but who does he have? What partner does he have? He's lonely too, just like the old man, as we are all lonely, right? Looking for connection in the world and the insomnia, the inability to go to sleep. And he says many must have what I have and the old man has, especially as you get older and you get closer and closer to death. And I've heard philosophy being discussed as, you know, how do you live life knowing you will die, right? So this story forces us to confront things that we may not want to confront. And when you're young, yeah, you really don't worry about this kind of stuff. It's like YOLO, right? It's like, you know, you take risks, you do crazy things. Uh, but as you get older, you start like contemplating like, what was my life about? And what haven't I done yet? And what can I still do? It's sort of like this midlife crisis. Now these two waiters, uh, you know, the, the waiter and the, uh, the patron, they're well past the midlife crisis. And, but it's like this eternal dread. Um, and Hemingway's stories, I mean, there's, there's like the iceberg theory that he believed in. It's like very little is revealed at the top, but the underneath the iceberg, you know, the big part, the most dangerous part is what, it, what lurks beneath the surface. So uh, let me just leave with this. I mean, stories like this where you have a character who tries to commit suicide um, and if you know the Heming if you know Hemingway's biography, he did commit suicide in Ketchum, Idaho. Uh, mental illness, um, not you know, his powers of writing and virility um, playing on his mind. His father was a suicide, so it's it's always haunting when you see authors kind of foreshadow 
It's like uh, David Foster Wallace in Infinite Jest. He talks about suicide in that famous, famous book that's gargantuan. I'm almost finished it now. Um, but, you know, he committed suicide at 46. Um, and the idea here of, you know, how to maintain one's life and one's dignity when you feel like you're no longer a productive member of society, no longer virile, no longer you know, having the, the, the appetites that youth and confidence all convey. Um, and, you know, we can now attribute it to mental illness, like a heart, like a heart, you know, like heart issues or lung issues. Um, but stories like this, you know, really help us hopefully to understand um, part of the human condition. Take care. Thank you for uh, listening. Thank <laughs> you.